Welcome to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Father God, I thank you for another opportunity to hear from you tonight, Lord. As that you open our hearts to heed your word, open our ears to hear your word, open our eyes to perceive your word, open our minds to understand your word, and give us the wisdom to apply your word into our lives. We thank you that nothing will hold us back, inhibit, or prevent us from receiving from you tonight, Father God. And thank you, Lord, for just blessing our presence here and just helping us to be better communicators. And all this we ask, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Some of you may have heard of the husband that asked his wife what she wanted for Christmas. And the wife said, nothing makes me more happier than a diamond necklace. So he got her nothing. (laughs) Communication means different things to different people. The man asked his wife, what do you want for Christmas? She said, nothing makes me more happier than a diamond necklace. He thought she, she was saying, nothing makes her happier than a diamond necklace. So he got her nothing. Communication can be complicated. There are many layers to communication. Communication is one of the things that A lot of relationship experts say affect relationships. We communicate in different ways. We communicate with words. We communicate with gestures. We communicate with body language. We communicate through the arts, whether it's writing, whether it's the media, whether it's graphics. But regardless of how we communicate, unfortunately, a lot of times we encounter communication breakdowns. And I want to borrow something that I learned from my lovely wife, Dana. She often um, presents communication as something that breaks down in basically three ways. She often says this, it's either no communication, a lack of communication, or miscommunication. When we have our communication breakdowns, it's either there is no communication, a lack of communication, or miscommunication. By no communication, nothing was said. Nothing was said. You just assume that the other person is going to know what you want or what to do. You just assumed that. Or the other person just assumes that you will know what they want or what they want you to do. But nothing was said. No communication. Uh, a, a, a prime example of that was what happened to a friend of mine. He and his wife, they've been married for um, close to five years now. When they began to date, um, they were driving in a car. They were going on a date, and this was about three weeks into the date. So this was kind of early, okay? 
So, and I say this respectfully, I don't mean to offend anybody, I'm just trying to present the information as it was shared with me, okay? They were in the car driving, and the wife, she smelled something. And it smelled like my friend passed gas. And she was shocked. She was like, what kind of guy is this? Just, just pass gas. And she said she looked at him, and he was driving with a smile on his face, like the weight of the shoulders were lifted up from him, just chilling like nothing was happening. And she was like, this was earlier in the date, and I guess she didn't want to rock the boat, so she didn't say anything about it. Meanwhile, my friend, he also smelled what happened. And he was like thinking, she passed gas. <laughs> and he's saying to himself, what kind of woman is this? Me, believe you me, there are people for them, popping one off is a thing. Really it is, because I remembered a couple of years ago, I used to live in Richmond, Virginia. I used to serve tables, and I remember one of, a lady I used to work with, an attractive young lady, and I remember one time I was around her, and she just popped one off. And I'm like, and she started laughing. I was like, I thought maybe it was a mistake. No, she did it on purpose. I'm like, are you serious? So for some people, it's a thing, you know? Nevertheless, going back to my friend, he thought she did it. She thought he did it. Nobody said anything. And this went on for like a month. Then one day, his wife, at the time she was his girlfriend, she couldn't take it anymore. She just, did you just pass gas? And he said, I thought it was you. And they realized it was neither of them. What had happened was the area of town that they were driving had stench. It was, it was from the surroundings. It had nothing to do with them. Thank God they figured it out. Thank God there was communication. Something was said to clarify the situation. Unfortunately, a lot of couples don't last. Some couples, there are stench in their relationship. There are things that are stinking up their relationship. The guy thinks it's the lady. The lady thinks it's the guy. They never talk about it. They never clarify it. And they break up not knowing it had nothing to do with them. Oftentimes it's the enemy using external factors to put both couples apart. Had they talked about it, they'll realize it has nothing to do with any of them. So the first is no communication. The second is a lack of communication. In this case, something is said, but not enough is said. You say something, but you don't give all the details. So what happens is when you share something with someone, assuming they know everything you're trying to say, you give them a, a shortcut version of what you want them to know. The other person doesn't understand the details. So what happens is the other person fills in the blanks or someone tells you something. They don't give you all the information and you fill in the blanks. It turns out it's not what the person meant. A lack of communication, something is said but not enough is said. An example of this is through a story I heard from, some of you may be familiar with Matthew Burnett. 
Um, he and his dad, Pastor um, Tom Burnett, they founded the Los Angeles Dream Center. And I remember Matthew Burnett, Pastor Matthew Burnett, he came to the church I attend and he was sharing some things with us. And I remember when he talked about how he and his wife got together. They decided to go on a date. It was their first date. And they said to each other they were going to meet by a hill. So he was excited, you know, and uh, he and his wife went for a date and they were going to meet by a hill. Well, he showed up by the hill and he didn't see her. And I stand corrected. I believe he said he stuck around for like maybe an hour or so. She didn't show up and he figured she stood him up. Maybe she wasn't interested, whatever the case. I mean, quite naturally, that's what you're going to think. You show up for a date and your date doesn't show up. So they're like, ah. So he left. About a year later, everybody say a year later. They connected again. And of course, obviously, they got married and things went well. Well, what happened was the year before, he showed up by the hill and she showed up on the other side of the hill. So both of them are thinking the other stood the other up, not knowing that they both showed up. They just showed up in different sides of the hill. So apparently there was not enough information given, enough detail given to let both of them know where they were supposed to meet. Thank God a year later they figured it out. Unfortunately, some couples don't get a second chance. I wonder how many people who are still single, and want to get married, are thinking the guy wasn't interested or thinking the lady wasn't interested and not understanding that either of them was not given enough information to move forward. It wasn't the case. They were both interested. They just didn't have all the information they needed to move forward. So that's an example of no com uh, a lack of communication. The third is miscommunication. Miscommunication. I like to describe this as missed communication. This is where something is said, but something else is heard. Something is said, but something else is heard. A prime example of this is something that happened to me many years ago. I used to live in Richmond, Virginia, like I mentioned earlier. And I moved to Houston, Texas, back in 06. And I remember when I moved, I wanted to make some changes. I felt like I needed to make some changes. I was uh, a grown young adult. I was getting more interested in getting married. And I felt like I needed to make some changes. I felt like I needed to uh, groom myself a little bit more. I didn't really do that in Richmond, Virginia, because my mindset was, I don't have a girlfriend, so why do I need to groom myself, you know? <laughs> but uh, when I came to Houston, I just felt like, you know, okay, I need to start working on that a little bit more. Um, and at the same time, I needed to start going out more, even, you know, back in Virginia. I really didn't go out a lot. You know, I just felt like, uh, you know, it's, it wasn't for me. I'm a laid-back person. I know that's, that's surprising to some people because they see me speak all the time. But that's just because of the grace that God gives me to speak. But beyond uh, this platform, I'm just a laid back person. And my wife, who looks laid back, is very outgoing. Make no mistake about it. You know, she's the outgoing one. So. So when I came to Houston and 
I began to be part of the church I attend now. I began to serve in the singles ministry there. Um, I was given the privilege to be one of the speakers in one of the singles classes there. So this was right when I began to speak uh, as one of the teachers in the class. And at the time, you know, I was also learning to be a better leader. And over the years, there um, there's a stereotype about leaders. Sometimes if you get the opportunity to speak in front of people, uh, people see you as a leader. And sometimes people feel like you're standoffish. Uh, people can't get around you. You feel like, you know, people tend to feel like they kind of separate themselves from others. So I didn't want that image. And I was learning about being a better leader. So I wanted to do some interaction, even, even though that wasn't my sweet spot. You know, the list I could do was just walk. You know, when I come into the class, you know, maybe see some people say, hey, hi, how you doing? Things like that. So I began to do things like that. And I remember in the class that we taught, there was a sound booth, kind of like the way it is back there. It's kind of ways back. So as a leader, I wanted to make everyone feel welcome and everyone feel like they belong. And usually when you have people like sound people helping out with the class, Oftentimes, they're kind of like in the back. They're just doing their job, okay? And I wanted to feel the sound people. I wanted them to feel like they were a part of the class, even though they were helping us out with the sound system. So there was this guy. He was the guy helping us with the sound. And frequently, his wife came to support him. So while he was about doing his thing, his wife sat in the back. So when I went to the back, which means I have to go out of my way to really go back there, say, hey, how you doing? You know, good to see you. My name is Tokes. What's your name? Okay, thanks for what you guys are doing, and I'll just leave. So I did that for, you know, a few times. Then one day, the husband called me aside. He said uh, he needed to talk to me. I said, okay. So he took me to the back, beside the booth where his wife was, and the wife began to speak. She said that every time I came back there, she felt like I was invading her space. She felt like I was kind of disrespecting her. And in not so many words, I felt like she was saying I was sexually harassing her. I was blown away. I was shocked. This is a prime example of something is said, but something else is heard. What I was saying by going out there is, hey, we see you. You're not by yourself. You're not isolated. Just want to acknowledge your presence here. That's it. But what she was hearing was, this guy is a creep. This guy is up to no good. I was shocked, but I kept my cool. And I want to encourage everyone with James chapter 1, verse 19. I believe it says something like this, my brothers and sisters, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and slow to anger. I think that should be like an underlying principle for effective communication. My brothers and sisters, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and slow to anger. I think the sequence of how James put that kind of gives us an idea of the chances of us getting angry. If you're first quick to listen and slow to speak, 
then you're more likely to be less angry. But if you speak first, you are going to blow up and it's just going to escalate, you know. So thank God for the grace of God. I listened to her. And what I said was, I am sorry. I apologize. Please forgive me. They accepted my apology and I walked away. I never went back there again. The leaders of the class, just to cover myself in case this escalates, I told them, this is what happened. Just letting you know, thank God, nothing. It died there. It, it died right there. OK, but that's a classic example of miscommunication. Something was said, but something else was heard. Which brings me to something else we need to understand about communication. Some of you may have heard people say something like this. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. I think the same is true with communication. We don't say things as they are. We say things as we are. What you hear is determined by how you hear. And how you hear is determined by how you are. Let me say that again. What you hear is determined by how you hear. And how you hear is determined by how you are. By how you are, I mean how you think, how you look at situations, how your mindset is, your disposition, your worldview. And when your worldview is not the word's view, you'll have the wrong view. A lot of times, what you hear from someone is influenced by how you feel about that person. So what you hear from that person is determined by how you hear that person, which is determined by how you feel about that person. And a lot of times how we feel about people, how we feel about situations is influenced by our culture, our environment, our family members, people that we allow to influence us. Which brings me to Titus chapter 1, verse 15. Titus chapter 1, verse 15. It says something like this. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the impure or defiled, nothing is pure because they are corrupted. Let me say that again. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. So someone who has a distorted mindset already, is looking at whatever you're saying from that situation. And a lot of times people have gone through experiences. 
that caused them to think the way they do. As much as I was disappointed and upset about what the lady said, I had to look at things from her perspective like someone shared. I had to look at things from her perspective. I mentioned to you that I was working on grooming myself better. Well, I did not have any suit during that time. So I was restricted to wearing three suits that my mom made for me. God bless our hearts, okay? The colors of this suits are lime green, deep green, and navy blue. The navy blue was cool, okay? In addition, the suits were oversized. Bless my mom's heart, she just guesstimated my size. So you see this guy in singles ministry <laughs> with a smile on his face, wearing an oversized suit, sometimes lime green and sometimes green, working towards you with a pep in his step and a smile in his face saying, hey, how you doing? My name is Tope in singles ministry. And some of you have lived long enough to know that just the mention of the word single and ministry evokes negative emotions from a lot of single individuals who've had bad and terrible experiences in singles ministry, and sometimes from the leaders in those ministries. So here is a guy showing up who looks like, acts like, the stereotypical singles minister. How do you expect how to respond without discerning or discernment? So I have to think about that. If you see somebody wearing an oversized, colorful suit, a lot of people are going to think, pimp! So here I am looking like a singles ministry pimp. <laughs> and she's thinking, this guy is up to no good. He is a freak. I am actually married. And he has the gall to come up to me with those shiny suits <laughs> and say hi to me. Oh, no, I'm calling my husband. This is, we need to put a stop to this. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.